Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hello, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. And today I have a very exciting guest. Her name is Lane Moore, and she's a best-selling author of How to Be Alone book, creator of Dinner Live dating show, stand-up comedian, writer, director, actor, singer, and so much more. So today, Lane and I will be discussing so many great topics about dating, and I'm sure you will find this episode very, very interesting. We will be talking about the main story behind the book, How to Be Alone, the main idea behind Tinder Live dating show, the best and the worst stories from the dating apps, what men really want on dating apps, lessons learned from Tinder Live dating show, the best advice for someone who is trying to find love on dating apps, love bombing and stages of breakup with narcissists, how to deal with intrusive thoughts, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, love. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today? Yeah, I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being my guest. Yeah, I'm excited. You're so talented, and I don't even know where to start, but we would love to learn more about you. Would you please tell us about yourself, your career? Thank you. Yeah. So I was the sex and relationships editor at Cosmopolitan Magazine for um, a long time, um, where I worked to make it super feminist and LGBTQ inclusive and talking about gender and trying to encourage women to not take any crap from their in their dating lives, uh, regardless of, you know, anything. And kind of, I wanted to use the opportunity at Cosmopolitan to, you know, tell women they didn't have to shave if they didn't want to, and that their bodies were great. And that, you know, they were allowed and should have orgasms and all of these things that so many women's magazines kind of touched up, but not really. And I uh, created a comedy show called Tinder Live, where I I make fun of ridiculous dudes on dating apps. And I wrote a book called How to Be Alone If You Want to, and Even If You Don't, that is funny, but, you know, also about trauma and not really having the friends or family or partners that everybody says that everybody but you seems to have. So, uh, and I'm also in a band called It Was Romance. So lots of things. Wow. And as far as your book, we definitely would love to know more about it. So what's the story behind it? What inspired you to write it? Yeah. So I wanted to write it because, you know, people knew me as a comedian and writer. And a lot of times what you assume if, you know, it was like people knew me, I I wrote for The Onion for a long time. And it was like, people knew me as this funny person who'd written for a lot of women's magazines and done dating advice. And I think what people assume about that type of person is like, 
I don't know, like, like that I must've had this like perfect, really light, fun life. And, you know, the truth is I grew up really alone, really, uh, grew up really fast. You know, I didn't have this perfect family that it seemed like everybody else had. And then, you know, I tried to make friends because if your family isn't super stable or great or loving or whatever the case is, you're going to try to go make friends. And then of course I just attracted really crappy friends. And, uh, then I was like, okay, well I will get a boyfriend and that'll, that'll change everything. And, you know, then you're just attracting crappy guys. And so I wanted to write a book about how not having, you know, not getting everything that you needed from your family, which so many of us didn't, no matter how great your families were, you know, it impacts your ability to like actually make healthy friendships with great people and your ability to have healthy love relationships. And so I talk a lot about attachment theory and love languages as told through my own, you know, funny stories about what it's been like to do something. I think a lot of us are secretly doing without, you know, telling anybody, which is trying to feel seen and trying to make healthy connections that feel good. And it can be just really hard. Yeah, I totally feel you. But I kind of grew up fast as well, because my parents worked a lot. They got married when they were young. And I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. And I kind of at 11 years old, I was by myself at home cooking and cleaning and doing my yeah. work. <laughs> and that's not that's not well, I'm not gonna say it's not normal, because there's so many of us, you know, I was I was doing the same thing. But it's like, when you get old, I always laugh. I don't know if you do this too. But when um, <laughs> people are like, Oh, my God, I'm in my 20s. I like actually have to do things for myself now. And I'm like, girl, you're lucky. Like I've been doing things for myself way longer than that. You're lucky that you were able to get this far that you now have to take care of yourself, you know? Yeah. But I'm kind of grateful for that because I became so independent and I just knew how to be independent since very young age. Yeah. It's like, it's tough though. Cause it's like, it, it made me really independent. And I think that's a strong thing, but it's like, I think then you almost have to kind of work on like, okay, well, how do I let people take care of me? When yeah. You yeah. know, it was hard for me with guys because I'm very independent, very strong. And sometimes I had to let them, like you said, take care of you. Be kind of more soft to accept when somebody actually wants to do something for you. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like, I got it. I already like, cause you're so yeah. wired to like, I don't need anybody. And it's like, yeah, yeah but it's so beautiful to like, you can still keep those parts of yourself, but like allow people to give to you because you probably give so much. I agree. Yeah. And I watched your TED talk when you were talking about traveling alone and how people are weird about people who travel alone. I remember, yeah. like, would you please tell us a little bit more about it? Because I love this story. I just want listeners to know a little bit more about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. So I, I did a I did a TED talk uh, last year um, that was based on how to be alone the book and it's also called how to be alone and I just wanted to, you know to talk about like how we view aloneness and and the part that you're talking about in the TED talk is I talk about I traveled to Canada by myself and there were all these people who were like what you're out here by yourself and I was like yes like we would never ask a man that we would never ask that and like. I just, I, I'm such a fan 
of solo travel, I think, especially for women. And I think it's ridiculous that we think it's so strange for women to travel by ourselves. Like it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And also, you know, on a, like a lighter note, you can listen to whatever music you want. No one's going to fight you on it. You can stop when you want to stop. You eat what you want to eat. Like it's just so strange. And I do think that there's something that specifically we, uh, like society views as wrong when like a woman is alone. Like it's, if a man is alone, he's like strong and, you know, oh, so, so brave, so adventurous. When a woman's alone, we're like, are you okay? It's such a weird judgment that there must be something wrong with you that you'd want to, especially like where I was in Canada was like hilariously safe and no one was, you know, around. Yeah. You're also a comedian. How did you decide to become a comedian and what inspired you to start Tinder Life? Yeah, I'd wanted to be a comedian as far back as I can remember. Um, all these things, like I wanted to be a comedian and writer and musician, like since I was a kid, I was very, I now I now know that I'm very lucky. I always thought that, that I knew what I wanted to do so early because I always thought, like, did you always know what you wanted to do? No, I, I knew I wanted to be in Hollywood <laughs> when, I <was> yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, but not really. Well, yeah, I wanted to be a doctor, general surgeon or dentist. Oh or, my God. Yeah. Or I wanted to be a fashion designer, but definitely not what I ended up doing. I ended up going to business school and becoming IT project manager until universe kicked me. And then I became a blogger, a model. Well, I modeled since I was 13, but I didn't do it full time. And after I changed my career, then I... I finally did what I wanted to do full time. <laughs> yeah. I always love hearing that. Cause it's like mine, you know, and that's not to say that it was easy. It's funny. Cause like, even when you know what you wanted to do, like if let's say you were born and you were like, I want to, I know I want to be a model and a blogger and all these things, like <laughs> to figure out how to make that happen when you're a kid. Like, I think that was the hardest thing. Like I was glad I was, I was glad that, you know, I had this sense of purpose, but I had no idea how I was going to make that happen because, you know, and I talk about this a lot in, in the book, like a lot of people in the industry, it's, it's interesting. Like when you look at a lot of your favorite authors, actors, musicians, they come from a background that's already in the industry. Like their parents were in the industry. They like knew people. It's kind of daunting when you realize like, Oh wow. A lot of people knew the path because their family was already in it. And so if you don't have that path, it's kind of like, wait, what? Like how? And I really didn't, you know, so I bumped around a lot trying to figure out how to make this happen. I did. I did stand up. I still do stand up. I did stand up for a long time and improv and things like that. And then I came up for the idea for Tinder Live years ago when I first started the show, because it was the first time I went on Tinder when like Tinder was really blowing up. And I was like, these profiles are so ridiculous. It'd be so funny to like have a show where the profile was on screen. And like, I was able to make jokes about these profiles. Um, and the audience could vote whether I swipe left or right. And it would be like what you do with your friends, but like a live comedy show. And I made a point from the beginning to like, really make sure that the show was kind. Like, I, I don't, you know, I only look for the weirdest 
profiles, which is, if you've ever been on Tinder, you know, it's easy to find them uh, for, for men. And I only do men's profiles. So it's just, I, I'm, I really love the show because so many women out there are like using these dating apps and you can feel like, am I the only one who's having these weird conversations? Am I the only one who's like seeing these profiles that are so bizarre and you start to take it personally. And I think the beautiful thing about Tinder live is that we're all experiencing the frustration of online dating together. And you realize like, no, these, these same weirdos are showing up in every city for everybody. Like I, before the pandemic was touring with the show and it was so funny because every single city that I went to, there was no city where it was like, every guy was great. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I never used Tinder, but my friends do. And they had, some of them actually got married on, on Tinder. Yeah. Lots of Tinder. And some of them, of course, had really crazy experiences. <laughs> Those guys out there on some of these apps are, oh my God. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's like, I never run out of material. And exactly. Like I have some friends who got married on Tinder and that's great. But even the ones who got married off Tinder, they still have crazy stories. Like, so I think the cool thing is too, like, I definitely have audience members who like, you know, when I was doing the show in person would like bring their first dates that they met on dating apps to the show, or they, their relationship started on, on a dating app and they come to the show because it's like, no matter how good or bad your experience is, like you all know, like how frustrating it can be. Yeah, and I see now so many people do it on Instagram, like some have dating shows on Instagram Live and, and everything, but your concept was already there for a while. So you're kind of one of the first ones who developed this concept of, you know, live show with dating app and about dating. And did you have any like the worst and the best stories, like the, the craziest stories or what stories did you have? Like the ones where like, I, I appreciate your saying that because yeah, I've been doing Tinder Live for like six years and it's really funny to like see, you know, and it's like, whatever, not everybody knew it existed, but it's funny to see like similar stuff out there. Cause I'm like, Hey, I've been doing this. I've been doing this a while, but it's okay. Cause like, you know, not everybody, not everybody knows that, that my show exists, but I think what's really fun about my show is that it's all improvised and it's like super interactive. So anything can really happen. I think a lot of what I see being done now is like, you know, people like reviewing profiles and stuff. And that's cool. I think that one of the best parts of Tinder live is like when I'm starting to have like a really wild conversation with somebody. Cause I play a character on the show. Who's like supposed to be really over the top and ridiculous and guys will like hit back, like play along kind of like, there was one guy, I did a show in New York City, and there was one guy who started saying that he was a wolf. And I said that I was a wolf as well. And so we started having this very weird conversation where he was like, prove you're a wolf. I don't, I'm like, this guy was a thousand percent serious. He was like, prove that you're a wolf. I'm going to, I'm going to make you go through rigorous wolf testing. And I was like, well, what's the testing? I want to know what to bring. And like, He's totally serious and I'm taking it exactly as seriously as he is. And I'm challenging, like I'm asking him questions about like, well, how do you know you're a wolf? Like, how do you move through the world? Like, what's your job? Do you have, how do you pay bills <laughs> if you're a wolf? And like, I think that's what I really love is like the interaction with these 
with these guys. There was also, there was a show that I did in Brooklyn during, there was a New York City blackout. And because we were in Brooklyn, we weren't affected by the blackout, but a lot of the guys we were talking to were in Manhattan and they were affected by the blackout. So there was this guy who like super liked me and he's like, twice my age and he he was like oh over that this guy was like 67 or something so he messaged me and he was like how are you doing and I was like I'm like in the blackout he was like where are you right now and I was like well I fell into a sewer but I'm fine how are you and he didn't even miss a beat he was like I'm great thanks and I was like I just told you I fell in a sewer like why (laughs) but it's just like the show's that silly that I'm saying like ridiculous things to the weirdest guys I can find And he didn't even care. He was like, oh, I'm having a drink right now. And I was like, oh, what are you drinking? Sorry, I got sewer water all over the phone. Like, I keep saying it. He's not addressing it. And he was like, oh, I'm having a whiskey. And I was like, what's whiskey? And he described whiskey to me. Like, it's just, like, of course I know what whiskey is. But, like, I'm playing this character of like what I think some of these guys want, which is like someone who's just like kind of stupid and really drunk and horny. So pretty much every show has at least one moment where it's just like, wait, what is this conversation? Why is this guy still talking to me? I told one guy I was like trapped in the woods and he offered to come find me. Like people are just, (laughs) it's a wild show. Well, now like, you know, the problem is my friends have with online dating because you know, we are all in Instagram and TikTok, we're all in social media, and some guys you meet online, they don't get it at all. They're not in this world. And if they're a little bit even older, then just like forget about it. <laughs> if you tell them about some TikTok challenges or some jokes from there, or just like, you know, jokes from social media, they're not going to look at you crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, extremely. Yeah. Like right now, it feels like gap in between like millennials and next generation. And it's like, even if some guys are a little bit older, they, they don't really get millennials now. <laughs> and then oh. they ask, like, my girlfriends complain to me. They're like, why do you use exclamation marks? And she was like, well, because now all millennials use it. And I told her, like, why use so many emojis? Like, well, oh because that's what we use. <laughs> that's so weird. Like, who cares? Also, imagine that being your biggest problem in dating. Like your your biggest problem is that the person you're interested in uses too many emojis. Like you're lucky. Like I wish that was all I had. Well, online dating it's crazy. Yeah, I I I never done it, but it's, I can only imagine. But it's crazy. I never was a fan of it because I love to meet people in person. But now that's the only way you can do. Like yeah, yeah. now it's the only way you can meet anybody, and it's weird too because like so many people are like not taking the pandemic that seriously, and so it's really it's weird. Like if you're taking it really seriously, and then you talk to someone who's like, "Oh, I'm going to parties every night," and you're like, "Ugh, forget it." Yeah, they go out like nothing is going on. They just like totally go out. And I've had some of the friends which I was not fan of what they've done, but most of them already had. COVID and they already went through this, but they were like party people and they're like, well, now we're even better. Now we're fine. So now so we can party weird. more. I was like, it's so stupid. What that doesn't make sense. That's not how this works. Yeah, I know. But as far as your like experience and what do you think what men are really want on dating apps? Ugh. You know, it's like, I, 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 I won't speak for like every man because I know, I know for a fact 
I like on the side, I have people who like hire me to make their dating app profiles better. It's usually men. Sometimes it's women. So I do know that there are men out there who are like looking for love, want to have a great dating profile, want to like have better experiences. I know they exist because I, I talk to them all the time, but I do think that there are definitely men out there on dating apps who it's like, they just want someone who like, doesn't have any needs, doesn't have any expectations, doesn't want anything. We'll either like take care, we'll either take care of them, you know, and like be a weird mom to them or, you know, or like fix them or we'll just like have horrible sex with them that, you know, there's nothing in it for them. Like, it's just really weird. And again, it's probably a small percentage of, of guys who like want that, but so many, I'm sure you've heard your friends talk about it. So many women who've been on dating apps and who dealt with guys like this, like, it's just, you see them put things in their profile that are like looking for a girl who's no drama and super chill. And it's like, what that really means is like, I want a girl who I can treat however I want. And she's not going to ask me for any more. And she's never going to call me out on my behavior. Like that's what they're really saying. Which sucks. I know even my friends called me today and she was like, you know, that these dating apps, some of the apps don't even verify the profiles. Like now they do before they didn't used to like do this because you could just be anyone and just post your profile. I mean, st steal somebody's pictures and post it. And you know, knows like, who is this? Like, total fraud and you know she was telling me this story and it was crazy that i think it was on youtube or somewhere that some guy was actually maniac or something but he had <laughs> a fake profile and dating app did not verify his profile and finally he got caught but she's on bumble and tinder and she was like how sometimes it might be so unsafe and you never know till you yeah. actually, you know meet the person yeah. And that's what, that's what I'm saying about like, if a guy's biggest problem is like, this girl uses too many emojis, like, and so many women's problem is like, is this guy going to murder me? Like, let's just be real about exactly who's got bigger problems on dating apps. Okay. Exactly. Or some guys are saying they're looking for brains. And my friend was like, and where are you looking for brain? Like, you know, they're looking for someone with brains and life experience. And she was telling me, so he was looking for someone smart and with life experience in LA. I was like, well, and she asked him how long you've been looking for. He said over a year. Oh, come on. Like there's so many intelligent women. Like that's what I always think. Exactly. Is like, I'm just like, okay, if you've been looking for that long, it's like the same thing with like when men are like, oh, I wish I could just find a girl who's funny. And I'm like, almost every girl I know is funny. Like, shut up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> probably if you don't like have connection with her. She will not be funny because probably she doesn't like you that much. But for a lot of guys, and I'm sure you've seen this, for a lot of guys, what funny means is that the girl thinks they're funny. And it's like, okay, that's not funny. That's you're looking for someone who thinks you're funny. And with a lot of guys who are like, I want a woman who's intelligent. It's like almost every woman is super intelligent. You just want a girl who thinks you're smart. And that's different. Just be honest about that. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree with you. What lessons have you learned from Tinder life? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. You know, it's interesting because I have had a decent amount of Tinder live shows where like I'm being really silly and over the top and like guys who seem really crappy on the dating app turn out to be like kind of fun and funny. So there are, I think that's maybe the biggest lesson I've learned from Tinder live is that there are a lot 
of guys out there who, who are good guys. They just have horrible Tinder profiles or Bumble or whatever profiles. And I think that it's a shame because there definitely are guys who seem really great on dating apps who actually are not great. And then I think there are guys on dating apps who you're like, oh, he seems awful. But if you met him at a bar, you'd like him. So it's it's really interesting like how people frame themselves on So you mean like despite bad profile photos, you still have to give them a chance? No, I, (laughs) well, I'm never going to tell anybody they have to give them a chance. Cause I think that that's something that women do a lot where we like overlook a lot and we're like, well, maybe he's great. And like, that's very rarely true. But I do think that it's possible that you could think someone's profile was like not great, but if you met them, they'd be good. Like I think about that sometimes with like friends of mine or whatever. Like if I, if I met them organically, I'd really like them. But if I saw them in a dating profile, I wouldn't like them. And so, you know, it's, it's hard to know that because I think that's the tough thing about dating apps is that like, yeah, if you see someone's profile and you don't like it, you're not going to be like, well, maybe he's great. Cause like, the odds, like you know, no one has that kind of time. So if anything, I think the lesson is that like more men need to hire me to fix their profiles <laughs> instead of women settling. You guys need better profiles. For sure. But some of my girlfriends told me like, you know, sometimes guys have trouble with taking nice pictures. So they always post like not the best picture of themselves. Yeah. You have to like kind of give them a chance. Maybe he's like, great. And some of them done it, but not, it wasn't always the truth. That's what I'm saying. That's what's so hard. It's like, we don't want to waste our time. And it's, it's tough too. Cause sometimes someone, sometimes someone's so bad at taking photos and you're like, I can't tell if you're hotter than this and you're just really bad at photos. Yeah. But like, it's, especially in a pandemic, I'm not going to like go meet 20 dudes who seem like they, they might be kind of weird and, and really, and also I don't know. You're kind of just like, like women have been asked. I think that's what frustrates me. Like women don't have as much of that option. Like we've been really trained that like, we have to know how to present ourselves to the world and it's unfair, but like, and men are told they don't have to, you know, like so many women are good at finding their angles and good at photos. Cause like society has told us we have to be, you know? Yeah, I agree. And what is your best advice for someone who is trying to find love on dating apps? Um, I, I always like to tell people to be, I wish people would be so much more transparent. Um, cause I think so much of time wasted on dating apps is like, you know, you want a relationship and you're not sure if they do, like if you want a relationship and you're not sure if they do, or you want to hook up and you're not sure if they do. So I really always recommend that people put whatever they're looking for in their profile. I think it saves so much time. And it's like, you know, especially if you want a relationship, like we've been taught that it's like not okay to have what you want, or it's, it's like not okay to say you want an actual relationship and that every woman has to be okay with just whatever the guy wants. Like, no, you're allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, it, it makes me so frustrated. And I did that for so long where I was just like, Oh, like, I don't want to put that. Cause I don't want them to think that like, I'm looking for marriage or whatever, but like, there's nothing wrong with looking for marriage. There's nothing wrong wrong with wanting a boyfriend. There's nothing wrong with like wanting something more serious. So I'm a big advocate of like, if you want something real, like just straight up say that. If they say, ew, that's disgusting. Great. 
next one. <laughs> exactly. I feel like the older I get, the more like direct I want to be because no one has time to waste. And it's like, sometimes it was, you know, when you meet someone, you should not talk about serious relationships or you should not talk anything about it on the first date. That's insane. Like, I think you should like stand your grounds and tell what you really want at first. So what if someone just wants casual hookups and you want marriage, then definitely that's not a good combo. It's a a waste of time for you. And especially if you know like how much, I think that's something that comes up with me a lot is like, I know how much effort I'm able to like give and want to give in a relationship or connection. And if you meet a lot of people that you meet, you know, like they don't want to put any effort in or they don't want to give anything. And it's like, well, that's a bad match. (laughs) Yeah, or like girls so afraid to scare a guy away that they're afraid to mention that they want serious relationships. Yes, it's so, like I did it for so long that I'm just like, I want to tell, I wish someone had told me. And I have to remind myself that like, because sometimes, you know, you're talking to someone on a dating app or in a date or whatever the situation is. And they're like, so what are you looking for? And you can feel so much like you have to be like, we'll just see what happens. And it's like, no, if I'm being honest... Then I know exactly what I want. And I think most women know exactly what we want, but we feel like we have to just say like, oh, whatever, whatever happens. And it's like, no, it's totally okay. You know? And if anything, I think it's better because then you're like saying what you want. And you know, if you quote unquote, lose this guy, like, what did you really lose? Nothing. Cause he wasn't going to give you what you wanted. Exactly. What do you think of love bombing? My God. Ew. Not a fan, um, obviously. Um, you know, it's so tough because if people like aren't familiar with love bombing, I like I talk uh, about it in the book, and I talk a lot about it on. I, I do a lot of Instagram stuff about it because it's something I didn't know was a thing for so long, and now that I know, it's like I want to tell everybody because love bombing is like when you meet someone and they're instantly like, oh my gosh, here's some presents. Here's a bunch of compliments. I want to talk to you all the time. Oh, I want to marry you. Like all these over the top things that in the back of your head, you're like, this seems really toxic, but I love that you're so into me. And you're like trying to tell yourself that it's probably a good thing. And sometimes like I get asked a lot, like, well, what if someone's doing that in a genuine way? Like they might be, but in my experience and so many other people's experience, that kind of intensity really quickly turns to them like pulling away. And it's almost like they scare themselves away. And that's why it's so toxic because it's like they're trying, people who are deliberately doing it as love bombing are deliberately trying to make you really attached to them really fast so that when they pull away, you're like, wait, what? And you're like super invested. It's like a control tactic, whether they know it or not. And they usually do. Yeah. And they usually like vanish so fast. And yeah. you're sitting there thinking like, what just happened? Like, this I guy- thought I was your w- future wife. Like, yeah. where did you yeah. go? Yeah. You wanted to have kids. You wanted to get married and he's gone. Where is he? <laughs> yeah. It's so wild. And you're just like, why would you be so intense with me just to like, be like, bye. I don't care anymore. Now I know this trick and my friends got into it one time. My friend met this guy and he was like, let's get married, blah, blah. We're getting married in the months. So, and then like all of a sudden I was like, don't fall for this because it's not true. It's just like, he tried to fall in love with him fast. And that's what happened. She did. And he disappeared. (laughs) It's so wild. And especially because like, 
For if you have any kind of like anxious attachment, which is a lot of people have, if like, it's that like, are they going to text me back? Are they mad at me? Are they like that kind of thing? It's so, love bombing is so attractive because you're like, oh, they're really sure about me. They, they want to marry me. Like, okay, I can like open up and trust this person. Cause they're like, like, you know, it feels wrong. You know, there's something is off about it, but you're also like, reassured and flattered and it almost makes, it makes you feel kind of safe. And, but it's actually like, that's not what safety is. Like safety isn't supposed to be like an overwhelming amount, artificial affection. Yeah, definitely. And you know, so many of us had experience with narcissists. So (laughs) in your experience, what are the stages to break up with narcissists? It's so awful (laughs) when you're, when you're ending that relationship, because it's like, you know, I, I like, I post a lot of TikToks and stuff like that about it. And sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, like the breakups with a narcissist, it's, it's very similar to a regular breakup. And I'm like, not really, because it's, it's exaggerated because, you know, narcissists often will be ones who are doing things like love bombing. That's often a, a tool of narcissism. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all connected. So because you feel so connected to them, you like this relationship really wasn't healthy. And I think I only really enjoyed it for like two days and the rest of them have felt awful, but I still need you because now you're like so close to you. At least you feel so close to them. I I don't think anybody ever really gets close to a narcissist, but you feel so close to them and you like fall in love with the two days that they were nice to you. And you kind of forget the other like hundred days where they treated you like you didn't matter. I try to make comedy videos or like lighter videos about it, but they come from a place of I've experienced this and it's really painful. And you kind of want to like, you're not sure if you want to take them back. Like maybe you can fix them, which you can't. And then hopefully uh, you reach a stage where you're like, oh, I deserve more than this. This isn't love, actually. This isn't what love's supposed to feel like. But so. you know, the worst thing is like narcissists usually destroy your self-confidence. And mm-hmm. after them, you cannot find anyone because you feel like you're not even worth it. And the worst thing is like you keep going back to them, but still it's like toxic but addictive relationship. They're they're in control of it though. And you you're not in control of it and you're trying to get some control, but you're never going to really have it because it's that whole, like when you have a dynamic where like one person's the chaser and one person's like being chased, like I don't want to chase someone and try to fix them and make them like, you know, I talk about that so much and how to be alone because I think that I know that so many women have been told that like, we need to do all the work in a relationship. We need to like change someone. We need to be patient. And I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I really do believe that like love is supposed to be kind of easy. Like I know that it it takes work. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but I don't believe that like, I think it's, I think it's really bullshit that women have been told that like we have to fix somebody or wait for somebody or put up with a lot of crap from somebody because they're our soulmate. Like we don't have time for that anymore. <laughs> no, we never did. But now we're, I, I really think so many women are, are, are realizing like, we don't need this. And this is not, this is too much work for us. Like we can be spending that time on ourselves or with someone who deserves it. Yeah, I agree. And how to deal, how do you deal with intrusive thoughts? Oh, I don't know if you, do you deal with intrusive thoughts at all? 
what my therapist told me. Thoughts are thoughts. Facts are facts. You can't trust your thoughts sometimes because you get like millions of thoughts a day. So yep. you can't just like rely on them. You have to like kind of analyze is it true or false? Is it a fact or is it a thought? Yeah, my therapist says the same thing. Yay, we have good therapists. Um, but yeah, I've dealt with it so much more in quarantine too, because we're just trapped alone with these thoughts. So, you know, one of the things I like to do is exactly, exactly that. Um, you know, my therapist had mentioned to me that sometimes it's helpful to like write it down and then and then read it later. And it's, you know, or or you know, sometimes I'll reach out to a friend and be like, this is what I'm thinking. And sometimes even I did that last night. I like texted my friend and I was like, I keep thinking this thing over and over again. Cause intrusive thoughts in my experience, um, they can be many things, but sometimes it's like a really mean thought about yourself that maybe somebody told you or like some part of your brain just wants to treat you like crap. Um, and so I'll have those thoughts that are just like, oh, you're not good enough or whatever it is. And just going through my head and sometimes even just like telling a friend, like, oh, I keep thinking this. Well, just like, just, just saying it out loud, telling and sharing it with another person can make me realize like, that's really sad. That's what I'm telling myself. I'm talking to myself that way. I don't like that. Like just getting it out of yourself, whether you write it down or telling someone, just like really looking at that thought and being like, yeah, like, is this true? And is this kind? And usually it's neither one of those. I agree. And what I also use this trick kind of, I tell my brain, I'll think about it later. I'll think about it tomorrow. <laughs> Automatically your brain kind of stops. And as far as like this thought is just like, makes it go away kind of. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay. I'll I'll beat myself up tomorrow. Thank you so much. I'll I'll definitely be sure to do that. It's like no. <laughs> and go into the most interesting part. You're a comedian and would you like to do improv or do you want to roast me? <laughs> <laughs> um it's so funny because it's so it's so hard to like roast somebody who like seems awesome. Like if you if you <laughs> if you could be like a total pile of garbage, then I could roast you so easily but it's just like you're just lovely and like kind and cool and so and that's why I don't that's why I don't do like women or non-binary people um on tinder live because I'm like y'all are just living and you're just cool like you know but like cis straight men have got some issues and I have some things to say about it so <laughs> Yeah, there's not enough material. Come come back when you're like a terrible person who's mean and I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> Probably won't happen. <laughs> I figured it won't. So it's it's like, I, you know, it's that that's those people are way easier to roast. But we can come up with some stories to roast some guys. Yes. I mean, I could probably pull up some profiles. It's it's not it's not that hard. I think one of my favorite things to, to to roast on, on guys' Tinder profiles is when there's like 20 guys in the profile photo and like, you don't know if it's like, they all come on the date with you. Like, am I meeting 20 men? <laughs> Are you guys all in a frat? Are you in a group? Like, this looks ridiculous. Like, why, why would you send this message? And in so many of the cases, you swipe through and it's like not even the hottest one. And you're like, well, I got invested in the guy in the back left. 
And who is he? So I, I love those. We, um, we call that on Tinder Live, we call that which one is it? Because um, it's just such a, like, why are you doing that? Just make it easy. Life is hard enough. Just make it easy. Show me your actual face. Don't, I don't want to see 30 of your friends I'll never meet. Yeah. Or also what cracks me off when my friends show me this guy's like, you know, they post a picture with their woman or someone, they just cutting them off or they're like covering their face, oh. but they're and hugging them on the picture. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So, um, yes, exactly. Um, I call that, this might be my girlfriend. Um, it's like, is that a secret girlfriend? Like, also like, I don't want to be jealous of a stranger I've never met before. Like, why are you like, who is this? And then so many of those guys you'll see at the bottom purple and they'll be like, Oh, well relax. It's my sister. And I'm like, okay, how about instead of yelling at a bunch of women who are all confused by this photo, just do another one. Use a different one. Like if every girl is like, who's that girl? Don't be like, whatever. It's my sister. Shut up. Just take it down. Take it down. <laughs> like if a million women say something, I don't know. Listen to that. Maybe. Exactly. And where can all listeners find you? Your social handles, all information. Yeah. I'm at hello Lane Moore on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. And I'm doing some virtual Tinder live shows soon and they can find how to be alone at your local bookstore nice cool thank you so much for being my guest that was fun it was so fun yeah thanks for having me yeah thank you that was all for today guys i hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as i did not basic blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every tuesday and thursday to support the show Tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.